Welcome to episode 8 of the Sheffield Hopcast as we go on a journey through IPAs. Uh, we're at the Greystones in S11. We're going to get to know a bit more about this amazing pub in a bit. Also tonight we meet the brewer with a difference and we're going to talk beer festivals galore. Uh, first though, I've got to introduce you to my beer buddies. Adam, what is your beer of the month? I'm going to go for Volta by North Brewing. Uh, which is a blood orange and rhubarb sour. It is. That's a good choice. Absolutely perfect for this kind of weather. I just, yeah, I just really just wanted another one as soon as I bought it. But I was miles away from anywhere I could buy it. So uh, I don't know if Sean's got any left in. We have plenty. It's one that we always order Absolute. plenty of when it's available. Beautiful. So I wouldn't get weirded out by any rhubarb. I think if you're not for it, it's just a really, really, really nice, really good sour. Laura, last month you were telling us about one of your, if not your favourite beer of all time. Yes. How's, how's the last month lived up to that? <laughs> I've not found anything to beat it this month, to be honest. I've drank um, a lot of what I'm going to call sunshine beers this month, so I've been drinking quite a lot of lager in the sunshine, went down to a little music festival in London and drank a lot of Five Points Pale. Um, but I think my favourite beer that I've had this month, I'm going to go for uh i think the lowest abv one i've ever chosen 2.7 percent one of the keg beers that was available at sunfest up at the rising sun uh, it was a collaboration between runaway brewery from manchester and steep soda who i think are also manchester based um and it was a it's called shandy panache uh so it was sort of one of runaway's beers blended with a kaffir lime lemonade from uh from steep soda so just really really refreshing it was sort of like aromatic cloudy lemonade mm. it was delicious sounds good mm. we should also point out that Laura's wearing new glasses tonight yeah, yeah. like a different person can you I see know. them everyone <laughs> <laughs> they're good they're very cool they're very cool Thanks. glasses none of the rest of us could pull them off yeah really I haven't good. had new glasses for about six years so I thought why not go for a bit of a change um, <laughs> right my beer of the month I was quite tempted to go for, I hope I'm going to pronounce it right, Oblisk, is that how you pronounce it? Oblisk. Oblisk. Oblisk, uh, which was a Northern Monk beer because I drank a lot of it in the bar stewards during the football. So I kind of associate it with England winning until England lost, now I associate it with England losing. So I'm not going to pick that. Um, because it's been so sunny, I kind of feel like it's been for me kind of the month of getting back into sours. Um, so I've got two contenders. Probably my runner-up beer uh, would be the return of Tullamine, um, now as uh, Florida Vice, um, which I actually drank about 25 minutes ago for um, for the first time since it kind of re-emerged, which is the Thornbridge beer. Uh, it's a sour raspberry wheat beer. Uh, anyone that listens to this will know this because I've gone on about Tullamine for like eight months. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to pick out... Uh, another beer that was kind of making its return, albeit in a slightly different format, and that is the North Brewing Company's uh, Triple Fruited Goza version 2, featuring a bit of mango in there as well. I can't remember what the other two are, but I had it the weekend, and that is top-notch, excellent beer, and was very nice in the little bit of sunshine that we had on Saturday before it then started throwing it down at Pride. Um, so I managed to catch it in the right bit of the day, and it was spot on. Two North Brewing. Yeah. Sean's going to go for something from Scarborough now, aren't you, Sean? <laughs> uh, I, I, I do like. I, it's funny, yeah. I am developing a pattern of liking beers on my little holidays, and this is no different. 
Um, I would also point out uh, that I buy my glasses from Poundland, so you'll never see me wearing my new glasses <laughs> on any of the podcasts. <laughs> and I mean glasses to wear yeah, on the eyes yeah, rather yeah. than glasses to drink from. Um, we went to Jersey a couple of weeks ago on a holiday, a uh, place that we've been to lots of times before. Uh, we don't go with beer in mind. It's a beautiful island. Food scene is brilliant. Um, previously, I've had IPAs at 4.2% and a dipper at 5.4%. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and so um, I've treated it as a little bit of a laugh before. Uh, we arrived this time, Sunday lunchtime, scorching weather. Took a walk just into St. Helier after we'd sort of checked into the hotel. St. Helier uh, Summer Fair was on. So in the town square and centre, lots of stalls selling cheeses and crepes and uh, uh, your typical summer fair things. And in the distance, I saw a little sort of three, three um, point handpull. And on one of the handpulls was Oakham Citra. And I had a pint of Oakham Citra in a St. Helier Festival plastic recycled, fandangled new little glass and it was absolutely exquisite. And so I had another pint of Oakham Citra and, uh, and did it again. So uh, uh, the, the best beer I've ever had in Jersey uh, uh, was that Oakham Citra, absolutely superb. Oakham Citra claimed to be the first brewer to use Citra. Yeah, I'm not sure whether, I, I would give a nod to uh, Roosters for that, their baby-faced assassin is or, uh, Citra in there as well, so I, I don't know. I I don't, that. Yeah, it might, yeah. might be. They've been going 25 years, roasters, yeah. but I don't know when Babyface started. Yeah. But uh, it's um, a classic, really. It was absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, totally unrelated, but just picking up on something that you said in there. Um, I'm going to set everyone some homework to think about before next month. This is the wrong time of the podcast to do this, but this while I remember This is the homework, the beer of the month, isn't it? No, 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 no this <laughs> is extra homework, right? Because this always bothers me. Because then you were talking about having it in a recycled plastic glass. Yes. You can't call a plastic glass a glass. Because oh, it it's not made me. of glass. I'm not calling so it a cup. we now need to, between the four of us, we need to come up for the industry standard right, word yeah, that's a nice challenge. for a glass that is actually made of plastic. And we can't just call it a plastic Okay. Class. That doesn't work. No, you it's your homework. It's your homework. We've got we've got a month. We've <laughs> know, got a month. I'm a, I'm a quick thinker. In the in the September <laughs> hotcast, we will put this one to bed. We will All come right, up yeah. with oh, yeah, well, the industry standard. We need breweries around the country to tweet us to acknowledge that they will follow this. Yeah. Clubs, clubs, everyone. Um, so particularly like football Citra, clubs and stuff like that have to serve in plastic. Yeah. 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 This this we, we can do this. We've got this one. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Could be our claim to fame. Get a TM on it, a trademark. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Uh, we mentioned then tonight it's our journey through IPAs because it is in fact today National IPA Day. Um, sounds like it's made up, but it's an actual thing. Well, someone made it up, <laughs> yeah, obviously, up. <laughs> somewhere, probably a brewery, uh, but it is a thing. So we've got four IPAs that kind of take us through the very early days of it as a style right up to current day, Sean. Yes. Our, uh Shall we discuss the four now briefly, or just kick off yeah, one at a time and let it develop as a yeah. surprise? Let's yeah, do that. yeah, ah, do yeah that's a better way. And then you, you'll have to keep listening to hear the uh, <laughs> second, third, and fourth. <laughs> where, where, where are we Hopefully starting we are, our journey? We're desperate for listeners. Uh, so we are starting <laughs> our journey uh, in Barnsley, all right, via Worcestershire and a, a canal boat. So uh, the first one that we're going to look at is uh, from Jeeves Brewery. 
our uh, connections with Sheffield, Harry and Pete are the father and son brewing team at Stairfoot in Barnsley and uh, Harry lives in Sheffield, uh, is in and out of the Rutland uh, regularly and so he's a, is a, is a well-known lad locally and a well-loved lad locally. Um, the beer that we've got is their core beer, uh, they started brewing in 2011. They did start brewing initially in a very small way, I think probably before a commercial sort of license granted on a, on a, a narrow boat around Worcestershire and so some of their early beers have got um, canal boat links this one is one of them it's a, a, a traditional English IPA um, 6% it's called on the front a world IPA and that's because uh, despite being uh, traditional English in style i.e. fruity hops but then a nice malty sort of backbone to it um, we use English hops in there, Target, there's Columbus in there from the States, and Styrian Bobek from uh, Slovenia as well. I just got the head so, up my nose uh, <laughs> So uh, there are, there are um, three, three hops from three different uh, uh, countries to represent a bit more of a world feel. Uh, uh, but 6% is called Fully Laden, and again that's a reference to a, a fully laden uh, narrow boat. Uh, and yeah, originally on their labels they had the, the, the narrow boats and a boat coming down the canal um, fully uh, fully stocked with wares, uh, modernised and became more contemporary in terms of the labels a couple of years ago. So we thought this was a, an appropriate, it's a local angle to it, an appropriate starting point as a nod to the, the, the tradition of, of IPA. Okay, I don't know who wants to take this question, but there might be people that, list, that are listening that maybe, you know, that, They've drunk IPAs, they've drunk pale ales, they might not really know what makes an IPA different or where the origins of the phrase IPA comes from. Does anyone want to take up the question of what makes an IPA an IPA? Uh, all right. Um, in terms of history, and a, a few people suggest this is, is not right and a few people suggest that this is right, but of course the, the core story uh, for an India pale ale is that... Um, Troops were stationed out in India during Victorian times. Queen Victoria wanted a loyal set of troops. Uh, the troops were sent out uh, beer and food from back home to keep them nice and happy. And the beers that were sent out from back home on their journey out to India on boats, of course, at the time, long journey, lots of heat, and sometimes the beer would arrive in India and not in good condition, and started to sour. That made the tropes very unhappy, and so I think Queen Victoria set the challenge of uh, uh, to, to London brewers, I believe, to um, sort out a, a beer that would uh, be fresher when it got to the troops, and therefore they would be happier and loyal to their queen. So it was established at the time that hops are a preservative, higher alcohol in a beer is a preservative, and therefore uh, combining those two things in a more aggressive way into the beer, uh, made sure that it arrived there in better condition. And so I believe that, that is the, yeah, the, that's, the story. That's I don't know whether there are variants on that. I'm sure someone somewhere or, uh, can be more exact in terms of years and styles and breweries that were that, that, were, that rose to the challenge. But that's the general, it's a lovely story as well yeah, as it's it interesting happens. interesting, in terms of you saying about strength, but it wasn't, wouldn't have been strong back then, would it, by any means? 
I mean, probably what, a couple of percent, maybe. I, I, I honestly yeah, I, I wouldn't have a clue. For anybody who's interested in sort of the history of beer styles, I'd really recommend getting on Twitter and uh, hitting up Steve at Beer Nouveau. He's an absolute mastermind okay. on historical beers. He's based in Manchester. Um, he does brew sort of, um, you know, a, a modern beer range, but he's researching quite heavily into heritage beers and heritage recipes. He's working with maltsters around the country who are growing the grain in kind of to emulate um, how they would have been Brilliant grown. Recipes. And, yeah. and uh, he's finding old recipes and brewing with those. So, um, you know, his tap room's open at weekends. So for anybody around Manchester, it's worth a pop in. And he does try and keep things as sort of authentic as possible. Um, I did actually have one of his IPAs and compared to the kind of things we're drinking today, the they're unrecognisable, but yeah. that obviously doesn't make them any less an IPA, and I think mm-hmm. it's really nice to to try, uh, kind it's of see where where we it? came from. Yeah, yeah definitely. P- perhaps that's why Green King IPA, Adam. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned it, Matt. Yeah, why it's only is it three point six percent? I don't think it's it strong. It's it's a so I, I'm I'm being sarcastic in suggesting that they might be brewing a beer that was more loyal to its origins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rather than conning uh, everyone <laughs> by calling it well, an IPA when think, it absolutely bloody well, isn't. Well, you think about the hops so. as well. It's, it, there's, no way, there's no way that you're going to get the kind of hop variety that you get now in England back in then. Yeah. They're not going to be going, oh, can you get yeah, some um, yeah, fire yeah, some, um, yeah, yeah, some yeah, mosaic yeah, or some yeah, citron yeah, yeah. from... Yeah. Um, so this is perhaps closer, uh, perhaps not in strength, but closer in terms of its ingredients to uh, with English hops in there as well. Well, it wasn't necessarily used for flavour, it was purely yeah, as for a preservative, yeah. You were a bit unsure about this before you had it, Laura. What do you, what do you reckon to it? I think it's... I think you can tell that it's following a more traditional style. Yeah. It is quite malty. Um, but it's it's enjoyable. I think for six percent, I'd probably it's in a five hundred milliliter bottle as well. I don't think it's the kind of thing I'd want to drink a full bottle of, you know, by myself. But I definitely share one. It's it's not as as it's bland as I thought it was going to be. Oh no, it's, 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 it's really flavorful. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's. it's it tastes better than it smells. Mm-hmm. When 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 I had a good sniff of it, and I thought this is just going to be a bit bland, a little bit. Mm. I I kind of got that. You know, for me, you know, the the bottom of the pile is always going to be the Green King idea, <laughs> which is just an absolutely terrible, terrible beer. Um, and I kind of sniffed it and thought it's just going to be that kind of really wishy-washy, a bit disappointing. But it's it's definitely got like a distinctive taste. Mm. Like, yeah, I like it. Is. It's got bitterness. Yeah. It's fruity. It's nice. I could I could smell it when you opened it as well, which is a good sign of some. Like, yeah. some yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, when you said, oh, oh, it smells nice, you whispered that. Maybe yeah, not yeah. right, but you it whispered that. Nice. Uh, so I expected more of the aroma and then didn't get that Maybe when, when I, when I, I smelt it. So I, I was I was then on to James's side of Maybe things. it was me that you... Because I, I, uh, I had to kind of power walk up the hill to get here. So I was a bit sweaty, and I think I drink that much beer now that I probably just sweat like hops. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't find it that... It's not... When you say it's malty, it's, you don't, it's not like your dark IPA. Oh, no, it, no. It's, it's probably a similar colour to what Jaipur is going to be. Mm. It's clear. It's really balanced, actually. Oh, it's yeah. whole leaf hops and... Uh, uh, the, bre- the brewery know that this is not a modern contemporary style. Mm. They would want that judged as as the style it is. And so we're not gonna, we're not really going to compare it with 
uh, something juicy from New England or anything. It's, it's got a really nice a, body to it. Saying yeah. that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anybody off it who likes something sure. like <coughs> Jaipur or something kind of crisp and yeah. it's not that far off it in terms yeah. of its, its flavour profile. I'm more than happy to drink drink that again. I probably would do. Their clear cut is is the most popular beer that we sell of theirs. That's a pale ale, mm. or, uh, and and it's fantastic, particularly on cask. They have a pub in Wumwell, the Angler's Rest. That's their brewery tap. I'm uh, fortunate uh, to, to live just a couple of miles from there, so just occasionally pop in. Uh, and again, her, uh, bottle conditioned, vegan friendly, unfined. Um, for a small traditional brewery to be doing all that since they started, then something to also, be celebrated. to say it's yeah, unfined, so, it's yeah. really well nice conditioned in the bottle, yeah. it's got really good clarity to it. So. Yeah. Also, um, one of the few, few breweries that's very close to a roundabout that's had a song made about it. Correct, there can't, can't, can't be many children. No, that's yeah. probably true. Stairfoot roundabout. That's it. Does anyone else know of uh, 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 Roundabout that's had a song named after? I don't know what you're talking about. I think about. there's one, I think there's probably a few in Milton Keynes, because what else would you write songs about in Milton we Keynes? Need, you, need to, you need to edit the song in so well, that Laura can that. listen to this. Because right, I, I, I know the guy that did it, so right, right now we're, 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 we're going to insert, uh, <laughs> this is off. a clip of Stairfoot Roundabout by Dave Cherry. Have a listen. <laughs> To get me hands upon that fart Back up to that stair for it round about Hey up, are we lady? Hey up, look at you Look at you driving that four-wheel thing Hey up, is she doing a knitting? What about him? What about him there in that red estate? He's getting shaved him I've been round nine times Just, just to kind of clarify, even though we're Sheffield Hotcast, I was born in Barnsley. I, I was, I was born in Barnsley. And, and, um, so, and Laura's about to reveal that she's not sure you've got family in Barnsley. Laura. I've got family in Barnsley. I knew you did. Yeah, I knew that. Every bugger's got family so in Barnsley. To be fair. <laughs> so we talk about Stairfoot, which is like a little. I, I just think of Tesco. It's basically got interest in it. And the way in, it's got a really weird roundabout. It's, it's ruined. It, it's, <laughs> it's only famous because of the fact that the rebuilt the roundabout's always been terrible, and they rebuilt it with literally a lint that went straight through the middle of the roundabout <laughs> and buses, <laughs> buses that was never, never ever ever used. Yeah. Because it couldn't do because the the traffic on the roundabout had to stop for the bus to go through, yeah. and it backed up so far that it, the bus couldn't get through the other end. It was the worst design for a roundabout ever. Um, and yeah, as you just heard, Dave Cherry, who's um, a, a relatively local legend, isn't he? R- wrote a song about it. We've had to use the slightly edited version there. There's quite a bit of swearing in the uh, in the original. But um, if, if that song shoots up this, this, this moment the, yeah, uh, in, the, the, yeah. uh, in the charts, then we, we, we know why. Dave Cherry's follow-up song, by the way, um, did, it, did include um, a little excerpt from a newsreader at Dern FM at the time, the local radio station, who here, may well be sat around this table <laughs> right now. Hellfire. With a made-up news story about Barnsley winning the European Cup. Right. Can we not play that clip, though? I'm hoping it doesn't exist anywhere, no. to be honest. I'm hoping it doesn't exist anywhere. I'm waiting for Sean to go, that was you! We did win the European Cup. No, I mean... <laughs> um, right, should we find out a little bit more then about our venue tonight at the Greystones? Um, Adam, you got up with um, the two guys who are kind of you know, in charge of things at the moment earlier on. 
Yeah, yeah, we just chatted about kind of where it's situated, about Thornbridge's pubs, and a little bit about Peak Ender and kind of the events that you, you kind of come and see uh, in the Greystones. So, yeah, listen in. My name's Rick, bar supervisor at the Greystones. Hey, I'm Jack, I'm supervising at the Greystones as well. Cool, so, um, so if people don't know, this is like the original. The original Thornbridge pub of Sheffield, the, the flag, this sort of the flagship pub. Tell us a little bit about the pub. So uh, the, the pub itself is is probably one of the main drives of community with the sense of Thornbridge. Thornbridge has always been a bar. Thornbridge have always surrounded that sense of community, and the Greystones is very imperative in that. And the local area knows this to be the place where you'll go to get the best the Sheffield essentially has to offer with Thornbridge being a multiple award winner of the beers that Sheffield and in this South Yorkshire area has to offer. Um, if there's anything that the Greystones has always been known for is being its entertainment and its community value. So its entertainment has always, always gone really well with the back room and the live music. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, sort of dates back to the 50s, really, being a sort of a folk venue for a long time. And since then, really, uh, it's been live music in the back room, comedy nights and stuff. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting choice, because I remember back when Thornbridge first um, chose as their kind of first venue. Um, for everybody who doesn't know, it's, in, well, it's, in, it's on Greystones Road, in, well, Greystones, essentially. Yeah. Which is it's not in the, it's not close to city centre or anything. It's, it is, like I said, in, in the community. And um, I, I, from what I gather, this wasn't probably a very reputable pub before that. Was it the Highcliffe? It was the Highcliffe. The Highcliffe, Highcliffe yeah. yeah. It, well, I mean, definitely bar-wise. No, it's a music venue. For the majority of it, it's yeah. always been. It's always had that pull in. Yeah. Uh, so, so we, we, we're currently sat in the back room, which is um, basically the the, 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 the venue. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we've been wanting to come here for a while because uh, we know we, we want to have like a nice quiet spot where we can do the podcast. And to get us, to get this room yeah. empty on any night is actually quite a difficult thing to do. Can yeah. you talk about but kind of what sort of things you've got on? And um, well, yeah, it tends to be our quietest month through August, really July and August. Um, come September, you know, it's every night all the way through December. We've got gigs on every night, and um, it just tends to be that way, really. Uh, gigs don't really sell very well at the moment, but um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you do kind of get sort of big names here. I mean, I know like. Um, People like uh, Roddy Woomble from Idlewild, oh, yeah. um, okay, yeah. people from Alkaline Trio. It's literally like in the back room of a pub in a community area to get people who have been like massively established bands who have maybe you know, taken a yeah. direction. Well, we had, um, yeah, we had Dwayne Eddy a few years ago. Oh, yeah. it was, uh, I think he went as far as Sin. It's one of his favourite venues in England. Oh, so he, had, he came uh, along at uh, Richard Hawley as well. Had the Dirty Bourbon River show over the other day from New Orleans. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you get a lot of touring bands, really, a lot of American bands. It's yeah. known as street blues nights as well, and awesome. rock nights as well. So, um, for anybody who's not been here, obviously, uh, for anybody who's not, maybe not even been to a, a Thornbridge pub, so Sheffield's got a handful of Thornbridge pubs now. What do they expect to see on, 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 on the bar? What, what, what are they going to find if they pop in here? Always got a full range of beers. Um, Core down to tea, which yeah. nails Thornbridge beers values of real ale um, 
which they started up with, so your wild swan, your brother rabbit, your marbles, triggering the golden, the bitters, the pales, always, always on the bar, but then they proceeded to open up new barriers, the jaipurs, which will never fall deaf on people's ears. The jaipur will always <laughs> ring true in um, <laughs> National IPA Day. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, even if it's not IPA Day right this second, <laughs> um, but the fact that Thornbridge can break so many barriers outside of those core ranges that are always on, will always satisfy customers, is just fantastic. The year of beer. Yeah, I think some people might you know, forget how many kind of keg, keg, keg options you get as well, I mean, especially on a really nice day lately. Well, I mean, how many keg, how many keg thorns beers do you have now? Maybe Got eight or something like that. Eleven keg lines at yeah. the moment. Yeah, we keep sort of a couple of guests on as well. Um, we like to keep sort of a range. We've got sours on. Yeah. We've got IPAs. Got some stouts. On so for um, for anybody, well, for anybody who follows on Twitter, they'll know that James was a big fan of um, Tullamy, which one is the um, beer, um, years, year of beer, and um, now it's kind of almost become a. A core beer, maybe, which is in, in the Florida Vice or yeah, a tweak yeah, yeah. of possibly. Yeah. Um, so, um, is there any kind of beers that are coming up from the, the, year, the year of beers that we need to look out for? Um, well, we've got the uh, Slovenia, which we did have on recently anyway. It's a great beer. Um, we just went through the Y for July. That's a naturally, that's an annual mm. one, which is always, always a fan favourite as well. Um, it did. They didn't actually stop making it in Cas for a while. I think it was more for the fact that they couldn't get the, uh, cucumbers. the cucumbers back out. But uh, it's it's more what they've got coming up because the Lu- the Lucaria, Lucaria, they've um, they've, they've had the strawberry one coming up, and then um, the salted caramel one, which is coming up in a lot yeah. of the London beer festivals at the minute. It's a bit of a mini series, I think they've got. There. Yeah, I think it's all like, it's such a the, success of the original one. The, 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 the Lusaria yeah. being uh, meaning the festival of the Grove in Latin because they did mm-hmm. it with the Grove in Huddersfield. Yeah, and I did actually ask uh, one of the staff why why they didn't translate the word strawberry into Latin <laughs> to name the beer, but apparently the word strawberry into Latin is literally the word classic. All right. There's a language lesson for you there. So is there anything coming up in the next months that we need to, in terms of events or anything that we need to be looking out for or you want to kind of publicise? We've got a peak ender coming up. Absolutely. It's uh, just a big beer festival really. It's about 16 plus breweries all taking part. Uh, Big focus on live music as well. My band's actually playing. Oh Papa. Quick plug for you there. There you go. What's your your band's name? Oh Papa. Cool. So that's out in Bakewell, that's, that's a Thornbridge run. Bakewell, uh, Showgrounds, yeah. Not me taking Yeah, that's yeah. the 17th to the 19th. Yes, it, it is, yeah. yeah. August. We'll be there. Mm-hmm. We'll be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Get your tent, get your camper van. It's, it's so there's still tickets available for that as, uh, yeah, as recording. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent time. Um, talking about 40 lines across across the bars. There's some excellent excellent breweries coming on as well. Wild Beer, the Siren, the Speed Town. Um, various other bits and bobs too, magic rock, etc. etc. Yeah, I've mentioned a lot of food as well. Street food, yeah. We'll look forward to it. Well, thanks for your time, guys. Excellent, thank, thank you, you very, very much. much. Have you enjoyed Peekender? We will no doubt talk a little bit more about Peekender um, a bit later on, uh, but thank you to Jack and Rick. 
uh, who um, have been uh, very good hosts for us here at the Greystones, which is, um, it's not far from where I live. It's, it's kind of one of my locals, but it is up a hell of a hill. So I don't get up here very often, but um, it is a, it's a cracking pub. And this is a pub that's got real like history to it, hasn't it? Because it, it used to be, before I ever lived here, before Thornbridge ever came along, it was quite well known for being an absolute dive. It the was like cliff. an awful pub, cliff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it had various different kind of landlords who never managed to make a success of it. And it was kind of like a running joke about how just, you know, just what an awful pub that it was. Yeah. Um, and then Thornbridge came along and actually transformed it into something quite incredible yeah, in terms of its connection with its community. Mm-hmm. It, was, it is awesome. I was saying to James before, and like, correct me if this is wrong, and apologies, but I'm sure that when, when they took it over, they were one of the first pubs to actually kind of over, overrule a pub chain in the sense that they decided... They, 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 Said no, we're playing our beers on, and I think I'm sure it was in the press at the time. So you know, like, it was kind of a first a first place challenge. to be able to kind of say, you know, essentially balls to you, we're putting yeah. our beers on, and it's kind of set a bit of a precedent of people actually challenging yeah. the people who own the pubs to, um, you know, not put Heineken on and um, etc. Yeah. Speaking of Thornbridge, beer number two. Pay number two, uh, and this is a nod perhaps. First one was a nod to the sort of heritage and traditions of an English IPA. Um, this is a, a nod perhaps uh, to uh, the more modern sort of IPA scene and is uh, the very famous Thornbridge uh, Jaipur. Um, Almost doesn't need an introduction. Yeah, our, uh, a beer that's uh, been around some years now. Our, uh, when was Thornbridge start? 2005, I think, wasn't it? Roy Shorrock helped out, who, who uh, subsequently owned Ashover, helped out Stefano with a, an early brew, and uh, it became an absolute flagship uh, for Thornbridge, and uh, developed a, a real sort of legend of, uh, of its own, and was perhaps one of the, certainly for the North, perhaps even UK-wide, I, I, I can't speak beyond where we are locally, but uh, became a go-to beer for many, many people, mm. and a first sort of turning of the corner into the so mod- more modern world of American hopped uh, IPAs. Um, That's very true, isn't it? Yeah. There's, so, there's so many people that I speak to, and, and you know, I, I fall into this category as well, where Jaipur is the first beer that I had where I was like, crikey, can a beer taste like this? And well, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I was... Um, if I, I really kind of got it at the time, I was kind of blown away with what it kind of tasted like, how much different it was. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that this will have been their, you know, their kind of um, bridge beer that took them from yeah. from from one style to another. I want to kind of slightly deviate, but bring it back to Jaipur. But um, talking about that kind of first beer that really kind of hit you in the face with hops was probably the original incarnation of punk IPA which caught my eye on the shelves in Tesco, probably like over 10 years ago, maybe about 10 years ago. And I remember making me laugh because it said postmodern pale ale and it was kind of, to me it was funny, it was before it got aggressive, it was kind of funny at the time. So then it was 6%. But who was the brewer who was brewing at Thornbridge 10 yeah. years ago? Yeah. Martin Dickey, yeah. who was uh, one of the co-founders of, um, of uh, yeah. Brewdog. So and there's a, there's a big rumour about the recipes actually being very close pretty much um, Jaipur, Maybe he was involved in Jaipur, and Jaipur, the, the, basically the original incarnation of Punk IPA yeah. is 
a kind of a, an offshoot of yeah. Joyful. Anybody know what hops are in punk? Because I know oh, all the seas. Yeah, in Jaipur we have Chinook, Atanum, Centennial, Columbus, and Simcoe. And again, contrary to um, the urban myth, the recipe has never changed. The brewery assure me that it has never changed. For Jaipur? Day one for Jaipur. Just the bottle size. Yes, of course, the bottle size. And it's also. <laughs> A beer that they deliver in in all formats on cask, on keg, and in bottle, and of course, coming soon. Coming soon. In per- can, perhaps can. even, perhaps even September. Certainly by in the can. end of the year, but there was a little sort of in brackets message to me today that perhaps even September. So. We are. Um you know, holding it. I think this is appropriate to say this. We're holding out for an invite to the uh, <laughs> inaugural canning session. Um, that we, um, yeah, we'd love to um, pop along. Perhaps we'd say we're, we're holding out for an invite to, to any beer-related event that anyone has. Well, actually, that's also true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not that we terms like the opening of an envelope, but you know what? If you've got a beer event, let us know. I'll be there. <laughs> Choose to cut this out away, but like. It's quite interesting that they've been very, very, very firm on not using cans. Even until a few weeks before the announcement when me and James were there, they were very kind of like, oh, no, we're never going to can, and this is why. And it was talking about their very superior bottling line. So it's, it's interesting that that dropped on. And, um, you know, it's a good, I, I think it's a, it's a good packaging thing. And yeah. I mean, the, we don't know what changes people's minds, but and yeah. I can imagine what the Consistency do, and quality... Uh, 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 mainstays of course of the brewery and so they will have convinced themselves via whichever canning machine they're, they're, they're buying and I was aware of the name of it a week ago and I forgot for the moment uh, but they'll be, they'll be happy that the oxygen level in there meets their exact um, uh, requirements because they're, they're, they're really driven on that score Absolutely. it's probably a shame that we didn't go up there maybe just even a week or two after we did <laughs> because they were probably right in the middle of yeah. deciding that they'd found a way that would tick all the boxes um, because I, I, I mean I guess we'd all pro- probably believe that Thornbridge, the kind of brewery, they're not going to do something unless they're absolutely convinced that it is right and it is going to work for them. Um, So, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing the beer in cans, Mm. I think. Jaipur's one thing, but Lucas in cans, I am very excited about. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been better at the start of the summer. (laughs) (laughs) That was Jack with a bitchy comment. (laughs) You've heard Jack earlier. Yeah. It's, it is interesting because I mean the four the four that have been announced well through the through the not actual cans but the the, the, the artwork is is the Florida Vice and the Green Mountain which is like their kind of yeah. well four percent New England four point three session pale I, I, session I think pale, Green, yeah. Green Mountain in cans will be really really interesting because that's the kind of thing that you know if you've got a train journey and you want to grab a beer for on the train mm. something like that that's not above five percent but it's got a lot of taste and it's in a can yeah. so it's dead easy to have on a train that is a yeah. good kind of when you're on the go beer yeah I've just had a Green Mountain it was my first beer when I came in here after trekking up the massive hill and it was. <laughs> You know, just the kind of beer did, that really hits the spot in that kind did of Did you power walk it? No. James did say that his, uh, <laughs> his, his first taste of um, Florida Vice was maybe a little bit saltier than... Um, oh, it was, yeah. I was like, it's a bit saltier. It might be like, that's just your own sweat, James. <laughs> it's just your top lip, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, I'm guessing we've all had Thornbridge on, you know, every possible... I can't um, even imagine yeah, what, how many times I've had it. Um, it's 
and I can't think there are many beers that I would say this about, but even now it's still one of the few beers that I think is better on cask than anything else. Ooh, it's controversial. I uh, think on yeah, keg, it disappoints. It's Out of a bottle, three one. Cask versus keg. Well, no, no, no. I, I just think that if you've never tried it on both, forget about bottles just for now, but cask and keg, it's a different animal. Like, it's just different. You get such a different kind of flavour profile from it. But equally, absolutely brilliant. Like, if you get a good pint of cask jaipot, it's virtually unbeatable. But if you sit at a yeah, keg yeah. and you just fancy something a little bit, bit warm, you think, not beer warm, if it's a bit warmer and you're thinking I want something a bit more refreshing and carbonated, then Jaipur keg is beautiful. Yeah, perhaps as a... I, don't yeah. know, I, always find, I always find it just a tad disappointing. I think it's because when I have Jaipur on cask, it, even now it brings back those memories of me just thinking, wow, what a good beer this is. Whereas yeah. I think there are better, there are, uh, in most places there going to be better keg options available now. But I don't think you get much better, better yeah. cask beers than Jaipur. I think maybe per, on personal terms, because I, I have been drinking it for a, while, a hell of a long time, and I can remember when it was just, the bottling was the old brand, it was just, again, we were pre-big bottles, so mm. when it was 330 mils mm. before it became big bottles, mm. and then they did like Jaipur and um, Kipling, and I think back then, I think I preferred Kipling, because it was like this New World Hop thing, and it was just like, whoa, this is like, really like, yeah. the, the flavour and the smell and everything, and um that on cask is uh, at the time I, I actually I preferred Kipling, and the other way around. Where if you have Kipling on keg, I think it's not it's nowhere near as good as Jaipur. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah um, like to the point where I won't say I dislike Kipling, but I would probably avoid it and go for oh, something else. The best Thornbridge beer I've ever had was like individual single beer. At the first time uh, me and Jim went up to the brewery, which was probably about four and a half, five years ago. Um, just went up for the day, went on a brewery tour, and when we got back to the bar, there was the Kipling that they'd bottled the day before, and it had been in the, like, literally come off the bottling line in the fridge, mm. drank a bottle of that, and it was delicious. Yeah. It, it was almost great, like, kind of like having a white rice spritzer or something like yeah. that, you know, it was just so creepy and zingy and delicious. And uh, yeah, even, even now, there are, I can't think of another beer that tastes like Kipling. It has such a unique individual taste. It's, it's a sort of like a style. Nelson's it's Nelson's Nelson's yeah, yeah. Which is uh, uh, very difficult to get at the moment, and that's affected Kipling production dramatically. Well, actually, that's that doesn't surprise me because I've a couple. The last couple you, you I've had, I'm not, not had optimum ones. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, fine not, beers, but it didn't taste the same. Yeah. It's not a, um, no longer a core beer. Uh, yeah. We have a thirsty in there, two in the cellar. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting though that um, despite the world now being full of IPAs, uh, Thornbridge um, brew more Jaipur now than they've ever done in their lifetime. Yeah, completely. This week they've racked uh, 200 casks. How many bottles do you think? Oh wow! Just this week, we should know the answer to this. Just this week, we we probably do know the answer to this. Um, Come on, hang on, Laura can have. I I would expect Laura to beat you to. I'm going to say, intelligent. Can I? Go on, I'm going to let you go first because you're going to be the furthest away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. Okay. 
supposed uh, to go next. Yeah, I've probably I, got a bit over there, but I think I think lower. I'm gonna go uh, 180,000. 180,000. Go on, then, Laura. I was gonna go about 80,000. Right, the answer is 90,000. Uh, oh. Do you know what? I've just realised what so, I'm gonna mistake. So, so <laughs> superb work from Laura. Uh, very, very well. Although well, not a shock. Very embarrassing. From well, uh, I, I based it on. We were thinking it was Friday. No, I based it on pints, and I converted that to bottles because I was saying they were doing about seventy thousand. Anyone, pints anyone a day. fed up with this excuse? Yeah, do we do we move on? No, you can. Uh, let say we're, when I said one hundred eighty, I mean thousand, just one hundred eighty. Uh, <laughs> they, they have done so. I was relatively close as well, so that's it's a good reason to guess higher. Like, I think no, I, I based, no, leave him I, alone, I based a seventy thousand a day, <laughs> right? No, but this was on pints. As they said, they did. Yeah, and I thought, cord the biggest beer, half it, take a bit more off. And I came and I thought, shit, you Have know. Have you said well done, Laura? Yeah, well done, Laura. Well done, Laura. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> also, big hand coming up. So yeah, yeah, might be prepping for that. Yeah, yeah. Excuse yeah. for the before we um, before we go on to meet the brewer. Um, I've got a, a bonus beer for us. Uh, oh, which beer. is actually made by our brewer. Um, so, so far on the Hopcast, we've featured, uh, what is it, seven different breweries now. Some of them big, some of them, you know, a bit more modest. Uh, this is definitely our smallest. This is this is Jim. Now, he's oh. going to be known to some as Dr. Tankenstein uh, on Twitter. He's kind of a chemist, and he brews his own beer at home, and he makes some really amazing vlogs along the way as well. Um, you'll hear in the next few minutes about, this is actually his award-winning bandwagon IPA, which I've got a bottle of here. I don't know how strong it is because it's, <laughs> it's written on a little bit <laughs> of uh, masking tape on the, uh, on the bottle, <laughs> which I will stick a photo of it on, um, on Twitter. So I managed to swipe a bottle of this before I left to add to um, our journey through IPAs. So we'll, um, we'll crack this open as you meet the doc. I'm Jim. Uh, I'm Dr. Tankenstein. I'm a home brewer, experimental home brewer. Got a, a site up where I kind of question the conventions of home brewing. It seems like everybody has a set procedure to how to make beer at home, and I just kind of thought one day, can we can we improve that somehow? Uh, I'm a PhD chemist, so I enjoy kind of looking under the lid of things and, and figuring out how we can maybe tune stuff to to improve it or just understand it really okay um when i kind of think about home brewing i kind of think about middle-aged man maybe in slightly damp clothes in in his cellar or kind of in a, a garage or something like that with you know things with lots of plastic tubes dripping all over the place um we're in front of your setup on your kitchen table now um and I mean, I don't know if you can kind of paint the scene a little bit better than I can, because that kind of image that I've got is certainly not the case here, is it? Well, I mean, we've all got something to aspire to, you know, <laughs> one day hopefully I'll have the flat cap. But um, what I've got in front of me or we have in front of us here is basically a, a Dalek with um, a plug, basically. And, uh, you, you know, uh, you shove your grain in and out comes beer uh, with a bit of fiddling. Um, but I mean... The cool thing about homebrewing nowadays is that you can go the plastic bucket route if you want, or you can go this route. I did, I did it. My, my, my mate challenged me a while ago to make to make a batch of beer with no equipment for a tenner. 
and you know you can do it you, you can absolutely do it you know on the day or you can be one of the cool guys and uh, invest in a bit of kit if you like so what how how did this all kind of start how how long ago and, and, and where did it kind of come from probably started brewing back in 2012 very much the dragging stuff up and down the stairs um situation then just sort of one day thought why don't i make beer and i i wish i wish i could tell you about my epiphany of what actually made me you know head down to the brew shop but i just basically wanted wanted to make some beer um and then you know being a being a chemist along the way you know you you do something once you learn a little bit you do something twice you you learn a little bit more so basically after i finished my phd had a bit more time on my hands i thought you know what i've i've been basically doing science in my kitchen for four or five years um why not take it a little bit more seriously um try and sort of use my skills as a scientist to maybe try communicate what's going on in more detail to other people who may be interested but may not have access to i don't know scientific papers and things like that like i do um you mentioned obviously your um twitter name that people might um know you better as rather than jim as as dr tankenstein that's the one um, now that kind of conjures up images of me, for, of you kind of you know pouring all manner of crazy things into uh, in, into your kind of your steel tub and mixing it as, as green smoke comes out, and you, you're laughing hysterically at the mad results that are, are coming. I'm guessing that's not quite the case, but what what do you kind of do, or what have you done in in terms of the beers that you've made that have kind of made them a little bit different? Back in the day, well, I say when I started Humber in 2012, the beer landscape was, wasn't quite the same as it was today. So, I mean, doing something like putting honey in, in your beer was, was kind of like, you know, you couldn't really go down to the shop and get a honey beer. So, or, you know, a bit of lavender in, in, a, in an IPA or something was, was whoa, you know, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Whereas now I sort of take the experimental um, aspect away from the ingredients and more towards the procedural side of things. So, you know... Um, if I cool my beer with dry ice, for example, does, you know, is the, the, the science says the beer should be clearer at the end. Is it going to be clearer at the end? Um, you know, th- things like that. Um, let's do an experiment. Uh, what grain can I use to get the strongest possible head on my beer? Um, and, you know, just, just testing things like that. Obviously, I don't do that every time um sometimes it's just want to make a, a batch of beer and be done with it but um but that's the kind of thing and that's the kind of sort of the kind of um stuff i put up on twitter and on youtube as well is that kind of the experimental side of things now you've kind of had a, a, a bit of recognition along the way haven't you yeah it was that's quite quite cool yeah um uh, a while ago i entered uh, a local homebrew competition and uh, took a, a first place and a third place in in two different categories mm-hmm which is pretty cool because one of them was my kitchen sink IPA where I literally raided my cupboard, saw what was in there. Okay, let's, let's work with this then. What, what, what can I do with this? And, um, and yeah, it turned out, turned out a winner, turned out decent. Wow. Um, what about the opposite end of the scale? Because imagine you've had a few things that have maybe not come out so well. Anything that's kind of, you know, literally blown up? Well, look, you know, I've, I'm going to touch wood here because I've, <laughs> I've never had an explosion, but I, have, uh, you know, uh, when you, when you open the bottle and you have to scoop something off the top of it to get the beer out, that's never, that's never a good <laughs> sign. Um, but th- those, those, those things are always going to happen. I think the, um, the real disasters is when 
like you say, you know, you, tr- you try and do something experimental and it doesn't quite come off. I, mean, I mentioned earlier an experiment where I, I wanted to make the cheapest possible beer. Well, the cheapest possible yeast I could buy was wine yeast. So I threw that in instead. And I just, I really would not recommend do, <laughs> doing that. It, that doesn't sound so offensive, but once you get ready to drink a delicious, a delicious looking beer and it tastes like it did it's 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 not great it doesn't sound it doesn't sound great though. no it's uh, um uh, what 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 beers uh, that you've made do you kind of think of most fondly what what are the ones that you've enjoyed the most yourself i have a i have a beer that i've made probably three or four times now it's a, it's a brown ale I, I i love brown ales um I, I know listening to previous podcasts, you know, as you, you may not may not be your favourite style, but um, so I have one that I'm, I call uh, Brown Two, right? Because it's the the second brown ale recipe I ever wrote, and it's the only beer on a Sunday evening that my girlfriend's ever gone. Go on, let's have another one. <laughs> you know, go on. I know it's a school night, but let's uh, let's let's crack another one. Um, so yeah, I just really love the brown ale style, and um, obviously the uh, the one that won the the competition uh, called. I call it my bandwagon IPA because um, historically I'm a I'm a real dark beer lover, but earlier in the year I had uh, I had a beer called Hop City and it just completely blew blew my mind. You know I was like right okay I'm on the bandwagon now <laughs> that's it I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to make one of these uh, you know let's just admit it this is my bandwagon IPA and that that's actually that's actually really really good I I really like that one um, I've got a, got some stuff to make another batch actually so. Um, um, you mentioned obviously about the the various kind of videos and stuff that that, that you've done. Just tell us a little bit more uh, about them, and maybe if there's anyone that's listening that's uh, always kind of thought, yeah, I quite fancy having to go at homebrew, but doesn't really know where to to, to start. Um, would would your kind of resources be helpful for the, for them? Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's uh, YouTube, uh, Doctor Tankenstein. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll link it up or, yeah. or something, um, and Twitter as well at Doctor Tankenstein. Um, so we, we have videos ranging from everything, really. I mean, I mentioned my uh, my Dalek. I've got sat on the, the counter here. I've got, you know, a review of that. I've got um, how to bottle uh, your beer easier because nobody likes bottling their beer. Um, straight through to, you know, your, your first one-gallon batch. You know, what do you need? Um, what what consideration should you take? Um, as well as the the 10-pound brew one. You know, if, if you... Because if, it can seem daunting, you know... Uh, Beer is great. Everyone loves it. Some people want to make it, but then it, it can seem daunting. You know, you need five pans, you need three sieves, you need uh, five meters of tubing. You know, I mean, just you you don't need all that. You can you can spend ten pounds in a day with no equipment and and, and make it. So yeah, I, I think it would be if you, if you're a new aspiring homebrewer, give those a follow um, or get in touch. You know, I, I really I really think this is a rewarding hobby, and um, if you're interested, definitely let me know. And I'll help you on the way. I think. And is it worth it? The homebrewing? Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's 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 definitely worth it. E- even even the first batch of beer you brew will be will be worth it. You know, the beer nowadays commercially is is so good, but there's nothing quite like when you first reach out of the, the fridge, crack that first beer. Hopefully, it doesn't explode, and that that first sip is so rewarding. It's it's just it's just great. Has there ever been a point where you've wondered or, or thought about whether or not this could become 
you know, a career kind of, you know, if, if a brewery came along and said, look, we really like what you do, would you come and work for us and create some, you know, magic stuff with, with us? Would, would, would that be something that you'd, you'd ever be interested in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, currently I work up at, at the University of Sheffield, but, uh, you know, if you're a brewery out there listening and you, uh, you, want, a, you want a new chemist on board, uh, de- definitely, definitely give, me, give me a shout. Um, I don't want to get my hands dirty in the mash done either. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you to Jim. It was uh, it was great to meet him, find out about his um, setup, and to try some of his beers. Fits very well into our journey through IPAs. Uh, we have reached beer number well, officially beer number three. What direction are we going in now, Sean? Um, we're going um, into the future, yeah. perhaps into the future. Um, we've got our, uh, um, perhaps generally accepted to be the. Is, is wacky the right word to describe them, or challenging, or dangerous? Any other suggestions for Omnipolo? Experimental. Experimental. More sensible. Um, outside yeah, we have a, a, a recent IPA uh, variant of theirs, uh, vanilla flipping burger fries. That wasn't a... Uh, yeah, uh, 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 a short word for, for fucking. <laughs> uh, uh, vanilla fucking. Here's me playing the edited version of Dave Cherry's Steph at Roundabout oh, song, and then oh, fuck it. Sean flying in with the F-bomb. Vanilla flipping burger fries, India Pale Ale, 6.5%. It's called Hilmer, and uh, uh, they did a, a first release of this probably two months ago. And then more of it has arrived in the UK just over the last uh, two, three weeks. Did you and so, beach? yeah, um, again, the, uh, um, the perhaps the urban myth is that there are uh, burgers and fries in here along with the vanilla. Um, I've tried it. Uh, we'll see whether any of you pick up any burgers and fries. Well, I have do, no idea we... whether there are any burgers and fries in there, to be honest. But... Uh, I'd like it with a burger and fries. I could do it. I'm not eating yet. That's nice. I've heard people say that it was definitely actually made with burgers and fries thrown in. And then you kind of think about it and think that can't be true. Mm. It's pleasant, but to be honest, I'm not not tasting anything except I'm not really even getting much vanilla. It says there's lactose in it, but it's not. It's it's, It's, it's a nice, pretty balanced IPA, I think. It's quite dull on 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 the... a little bit of vanilla. I'm getting a bit of vanilla, yeah, yeah a bit of softness it's not, to it. It's not anywhere near as outrageous as I was expecting no. it to be. Like no. Yeah. With a, with a, with a name like that. So, yeah, I agree. Very enjoyable. Mm, I don't yeah. know if the Very solid softness from the vanilla. It is quite soft. But with a name like that, or perhaps a, 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 a line-up like that on the label, you, you'd perhaps expect something a little bit more... Uh, I, 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 get, I get the vanilla. I just don't know if it actually fits around the rest of what's going on flavour-wise. Mm. It all just a seems a, a bit... You know, it appears just trying to be clever mm. rather than actually really thinking through if these flavours are going to work together. This one, I don't know. There's something in it that's a bit bad. jarring, like... It's like the, in the kind of final third. Like, it kind of hits you, it's a bit like... It's not metallic, but it's just something that's a bit... I don't know. It's not unpleasant, it's just a bit abnormal. It's maybe the, maybe it's the frying pan. It's a frying pan, yeah. It's, 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 it's too, too much olive oil. 
Te- what's it called? Uh, tef- teflon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Teflon. Yeah. Compared... It's like right at the front of your mouth, you get like a sort of... Yeah. Kind of... It's not unpleasant, it's just not Yeah, a bit I of a want. twang. Yeah. It's softer than the other two bits. But it's softer. It's got, it has got a, a real softer. gentleness to it for a 6.5% beer Much as well. It's more expensive than the other two beers. It does well, it's <laughs> Yeah. Is that is that we're, we're, is that so an import? I, I love it. Means, I love it. Sure. Yeah, we should I'll deserve more from something that is nearly twice the price of of something else. So I, I'm 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 uh, glad that the feedback that we've just done there in the last couple of minutes matches up with what I thought of it two or three weeks ago. Had it and thought, well, would I would I pay? Uh, between five and six quid for that and be happy at the end look of it. Look at what it is that... They make beers that are uh, my, my top three beers in the world, but I'm not convinced that that one's... The more I drink of it, near. the more I think it's all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but the, the, the less flavour I get from it, the more I drink yeah. it. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of fading now into just being... Just a, a fairly pleasant thing yeah. to yeah. drink. If I paid six quid for a bottle of that, I'd, I'd probably be a bit pissed off. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I, the things that kind of jarred me when I first drunk it, like a softening. But you're right, it's just it's becoming just something. I'm getting the vanilla a bit more now. I'm getting more bitterness than more. I got the bit. I got the bitterness to begin I with. I think it splits the vanilla and bitterness cleverly, actually, within a within a it, millisecond. It, on it, it probably you can feel does. Softness probably and does. bitterness. That's yeah, perhaps a clever thing from a brewing point of view. It's really it, soft it does to do start, something clever. It's just it's just not enough, mm. Mm. and it and it becomes ultimately quite unspectacular. Mm. But you know, I mean, I think if if it was a different brewery that had done it, it might be a, a slightly different reaction. But because it's Omnipolar, because they are always going to be that bit more expensive, you do expect something a bit more from them. Have we done an Omnipolar beer before? Um, no, I don't, I don't think, think we have actually. So we've done a, we've done a couple of Michelas, haven't we? I think we've done Omnipolo. Yeah, so Omnipolo, a Swedish brew company, not a brewery. Uh, Henrik Fente is the uh, the brewing uh, creative and head. Uh, Carl Grandin is the designer. Uh, they're almost equally famous for the designs on their, uh, their bottles, uh, particularly with things like Omnipolo Noah and Hypnopompa, the eyes of Hypnopompa. Will, uh, will, will find you wherever you are. Um, that's their <laughs> Imperial Marshmallow Porter. Um, so, uh, very um, um, accomplished on Instagram. I had the, uh, uh, what's the g- 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 Gimbang Gumper, I think, isn't it? Gimbang Gumper. <laughs> and that was really good. <laughs> their, their, big sweet, their big sweet pastry stouts are, are a phenomenon. That sounds like the in like a children's yeah. comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we have talked about Omnipolar because Omnipolar did the Buxton stuff, didn't they? They, so they, they, they have a very close relationship. Yeah. Some beers of theirs are brewed at Buxton, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't think we've done any of those, have we? The, I mean, no, there. We've talked about it. Yeah, we'll bring, we'll, 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 as, the, as the nights draw in, I think uh, Noah or, or Hypnopompa, or Yellow Belly, of course, which was uh, brought them to a greater prominence in the UK, their collaboration they did for Rainbow Project mm. with uh, Buxton. Or, uh, and Yellowbelly brought them to prominence in terms yeah. of uh, UK audience. So for anybody who might have, some people might have spotted that on the shelves and not realised what it is, but it essentially looks a little bit KKK, doesn't it? It does, <laughs> yeah. It's an anti-racism beer, but dresses itself up as a, yeah. a, a, a very distinctive looking bottle. 
again with a pair of eyes. Like a white and, uh, bag over it with there. eyes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, very sought after, very creative. They've got a lot of soft uh, top paws, haven't they, going on. And Buxton Tap is a brilliant place to go and have some of the collaborations that uh, they've done with Buxton particularly. Buxton has suddenly come out of nowhere as a brilliant place to drink, actually. It really has. Because the it? tap's brilliant anyway, I'd say, from Sheffield, it's worth going. It's all the oh, way yeah. to Buxton yeah, that. But the Red Willow bar that's just opened, that's you could literally, th- is a stone's throw from the Buxton tap, is just as good, mm. I would say. And Buxton yeah, have got a tap at the brewery as yes. well now, I think, mm. haven't yeah. they? I've not made it's it. Yeah. Actually, but nice little go. bottle shop there, Beer District. Yeah, yeah Beer District uh, is great. Yeah. I think it's something you have to, it's a session, a session base, isn't it? So you can't just rock up, I don't think. Yes, it is. Yeah. is it and Titanic have a pub there, I believe. The Joshua well. Trees, yeah, yeah, that's a nice pub as well. Yeah. Is it Buxton that do the beers with the um, soft? Or yeah, or the, the ice cream soft yeah. yeah, so there are a number do it, Omnipolo uh, 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 yeah. as well, uh, but you can get a lot of theirs with the soft. I always think like the little, the little icon on it looks a little bit like a dog shit. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it does. Uh, well, I know we're talking festivals yeah. in a bit. But do you know how you said that? I can, I can, I can see picture the those now. bottles, yeah. yeah um, Buxton did uh, some... Um, uh, soft uh, pause at Indie Man last year with then uh, flamed marshmallows on top and it was star of the show mm. uh, over there. So yeah, a bit of a shrug of the shoulders for that one. Actually, nice enough. The final, my final mouthful is gone now. My final mouthful has gone now. That was quite pleasant actually. I think, I don't know whether that the anything that before has influenced it, but yeah, but still isn't, again, isn't again, the fact that yeah. I mean that, that's a that's a good description. It's perfectly pleasant. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing offensive about it. It doesn't. You know. I, I, it, it, you don't drink it and think, oh, that's terrible. But there's nothing outstanding going on there. No. I don't think. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Fair enough. Okay. Show of hands then, uh, which is not going to work on a podcast. But, you know, <laughs> show of audio hands. Who is going to pee Kenda? Me. Me. Three of you Three are, and uh, one yeah. of us isn't. Are you slaving away in the shop? Um, I've no idea, uh, but I wouldn't go anywhere. Why? Well, it's a big podcast meetup. We've got, I think, uh, I, is, it, I, is it three three beer podcasts that are meeting up for a, yeah, a, la- a largely because, our first three way collab? Largely because exclusive. I, I attend <laughs> uh, very few and have, have enjoyed perhaps very few beer festivals that I've been to. They're not, they're not something okay. I particularly, particularly um, love. I would I say if you feel like that about beer festivals, come to Peakender because it is a beer festival, but it's that's not really all it's about. Mm. It's so much more than that. It's just, it's a little, it's a weekend away yeah. that happens to have loads of really great beer. Yeah. Um, great atmosphere, nice bands on. I, I, we promote it's, it in the shop. I, yeah. can, I can see the yeah. reasons why it's so incredibly popular. I was, I was actually surprised it's how just small it was last year. Right. And essentially there is a tent, which is kind of a confined tent, which you would kind of go get your beers. And I, I was super surprised on how quick beers would finish and a new one would be on. Mm. Before you, you know, you, some beer fans, you go, oh, that's gone, that, mate, sorry. If one beer's gone, you feel like you you waited minutes before yeah. the other ones replaced it. Chalkboards up, so it was all kept up to date. Prices bang on, so like really really well organised. 
but essentially that, you're kind of in like a bit of a field with hay bales you can just sit down didn't feel busy um, yeah that, that would that's an issue I, I find beer festivals uh, often incredibly busy no, no, and I like um, me and Deb we like quiet corners and in fact like to create um, our own beer festivals um, by using pubs when we're away somewhere yeah. Uh, so in, in, in London, for example, I've been in London uh, a couple of times in the last couple of years when there were festivals on, uh, but we just got on the tube and plotted our little uh, yeah. map and created our own little festival at our own pace, and, uh, and particularly like that style of drinking. Yeah. You can do that anyway, can't you? Yeah. You can do that in Sheffield. Yeah, you, you, know, can. you can. You can. You know, one one drink somewhere, one drink somewhere else. Yeah. I was in Berlin yeah. last week. Pretty much did that. I, I don't think I went to the same place. Actually, there was one place I went to for maybe two or three drinks, but it was literally at the end of my road. Apart from that, it was all have a drink in one place, jump on the U bar and go to the next place, mm-hmm. jump on the U bar and go to the next place, and and just keep moving, keep keep yeah. drinking. Uh, enjoyed Hop City. Uh, just over a year ago and I went to that thought that was brilliantly organised by Northern Monk and the team up there uh, Rich and Bryony and Matt Gorecki I think are involved in that from Zapato Brewery my one love annually and it's a festival I, I never miss is uh, Indie Man at uh, Manchester so uh, uh, Trade Day on the Friday is an annual event that I am already looking forward to and quite excited. See, I've, I've, I've applied for tickets, don't know if I'm going to get them yet. I had a year off in demand last year because the year before I went to three sessions and it was that just overkill. it was just too much and I really didn't miss it last year. And we would you, weren't, would you look we forward bothered. to going back this year? Well, we weren't bothered this yeah. year until we found out that Torside... Yeah. We all know how much I love are going to be there on the Saturday and the Sunday. And uh, Jim and I brewed a collaboration with them. We did a main batch as an Abbeydale Brewery collaboration, which was a heavily hot pail. But then on their small kit while we were there, we did a collab through the blog. So there's um, a Torside Mashton and Meow collaboration that is just going into bottles. I think it went in last week, so I don't wow. think it's quite on release yet. Uh, it's called Power Stance. Uh, it's a 12.5% imperial peated ginger beer inspired by the Whiskey Mac cocktail. And um, there are only two kegs in existence. The rest has gone into 750ml bottles as part of their Monsters range. Uh, one keg is going to Hop Hideout for the Tourside Monsters weekend over Halloween. And the other keg is going to Indie Man. Which is really exciting. <laughs> um, so uh, they're going to be pouring that uh, they've guessed it's going to be the second one on of there, so I think we're going to go for the Sunday, which should be a bit more chilled you could, you out could anyway. You could be stood on tables to meet the Mr. Brewer there, uh, Laura, uh, on that, couldn't you? Yeah. I could, I you did. Could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did I do? I stood around and did a lot of hard Get standing the around on, uh, on that collaboration Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to. I, I think what you should do is, is stand on a table and just drink a seven fifty ml bottle. <laughs> <laughs> and just stand there, just swinging your coat around your heads or, or something like that. <laughs> I brewed this fucker. Wheeled away. Not, not when were you going to do a beer anyway? Come on. It does need to happen. But yeah, so we're, sorry. There's a bit of a cheeky plug there that went completely oh, off topic. No, but yeah, I think I am going to go to Indie natural. Man on the Sunday uh, this year uh, to go uh, say hi to my. Uh, Favourite people at Torside. To, I drink some beer that I helped to make. And to your beer. Yeah. Um, Torside so generally are one of the best priced breweries when it comes to bottles, aren't they? Because they are really, really well priced. Is the So the 750ml bottle, is that going to be quite widely available? 
I'm not sure to be honest. I don't. I don't. I know will be mailing them in the morning until yeah, the monsters. Is revelation uh, in there. But yes, the the monsters range are the ones that go into but, 750 mils. So they're yeah, they're yeah, there. We're, uh, we're not imperial biggest. beers. They do the monsters in 330s as well. Oh, do they? Not, yeah, they do. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, I, but they're just, I think they're still yeah, super they well priced. I think I everything they do is really well priced. Yeah, they do in 330s as well. So we've had some of their barley wines recently. On the monsters range, three thirties. Mm. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, so we've done. Oh, we need to talk about Funkfest as well. Tell us about Funkfest. Sell Funkfest to us. Okay. This is this is Laura's. <laughs> this is my, uh, Laura's podcast of selling. Yeah, putting my uh, Abbeydale Brewery hat on for a minute. Um, we are. Uh, opening the brewery up over August Bank Holiday weekend, uh, just for the Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's not something we do very often. It's a production brewery first and foremost. We don't have a tap room or anything like that. But we are really keen to kind of share what we're about and you know where we are and exactly what we do and how we do it with people a bit more widely. Um, so last year we had the first ever event in the brewery uh, in May. Uh, which was part of a crowdfund campaign, uh, were really, really well, was so well received, absolutely blown away by how people kind of just absolutely got what we were trying to do. Uh, you know, they didn't mind that it's not the most pleasant of buildings, it's just in an industrial unit, it's not like a shiny tap room in the slightest. Um, but this year we wanted to do something a bit different and uh, with the Funk Dungeon Souring project kind of going from strength to strength at the moment, we're almost in a position where we will actually be able to release quite a few beers from that series more widely before we've had to really reserve them for events. So we thought, what better way to kind of kick it off than by holding a beer festival dedicated to uh, barrel-aged, sour and mixed fermentation beers. So we're having 30 keg lines of them. Um, we think about 10 are going to be Funk Dungeon beers. The rest are, uh, we've decided to stick just with the UK got a couple of beers from Thornbridge uh, and then other than that we've got sort of leading producers in that kind of field so Cholton's been a big one we've done a collaboration with them we're launching our collaboration with Yeasty Boys uh, which has been mega exciting for us to do that's a mixed fermentation Weizen uh, tasting delicious at the moment um, we've got Red Church uh, they've sent us a beer Little Earth Project, so kind of a lot of the names that are really renowned, and we're trying, we're kind of you know putting our beers alongside them because genuinely believe we've got something going that can uh, you know can prove that we're up there with them. Um, it's a really exciting kind of segment of the uh, industry, I think, at the minute with the growth of wild ales, uh, yeah. and really really excited about the lineup and to share that kind of thing with with the people of Sheffield. Um, I believe it's the first beer festival of this kind outside of London in the UK ever, as wow. far as we're aware. Um, but we also really want to encourage you know, people who don't like sour and wild beer, you know, come, please come down anyway, by all means. You know, we'll be offering tasters and things for people to see what they think. But the first and foremost, we are opening the brewery. We want people to come down, have a look around. You'll have Moonshine Tank, Heathen Tank, both pouring straight from uh, straight from the tank, so there'll be plenty of beer to refresh you in between the sours, or if you just want to drink them and come and have a look round and a chat to us, then uh, come and do that too. So yeah, oh. that's uh, 25th, 26th of August. So beer festival here to Sean, has that sold it to you? Uh, I'll be aware that week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bank holiday, you've got to take here When you've got Monday off, 
uh, with the, the shop shut, a then uh, it's, a, it's extra long lying, you see. So I'll be hitting things hard Sunday night somewhere. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, Sean, we so far on our I journey. I would have done, of course. We've, of course, of course. Um, so we've just done the future. Um, what what comes after the future? Um, we've gone for a verdant beer to finish. It's IPA day, but we have gone for a dipper, double IPA uh, to finish. And... Um, Whilst IPAs and IPAs and IPAs are, are all over the place, it now seems that dippers, dippers, dippers are all over the place as well. So the suggestion perhaps nowadays that the dipper has become the IPA from 10 years ago, the, 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 the sort of flashy type that uh, is much sought after and much devoured and much enjoyed. So I, I think double IPAs uh, have become what the IPA was perhaps 10 years ago, the, uh, the present and what the future will bring, whether triple IPAs can quite be drinkable enough. Our uh, dippers do tend to be very drinkable, particularly juicy New England style. Our, uh, so whether um, this is the end point in terms of Sort of mass consumption, triple IPAs surely can't ever become so easily drinking that they become a, 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 a I don't mass know. beer. Can't wait. Uh, we did we did sell a, a quadruple once, a hot crack from Moylands in California, I think they are. Uh, but uh, I think dippers have, and that's just a, a point for discussion. Dippers have become very normal and very casual, and and are no longer a big shock and big surprise. They are the, um, you, you, when you talk about hype beers and, and beers that are kind of all that at the moment, like dippers are foremost in that kind of category, aren't they? Um, and I probably fall into that sort of category of buying a lot of that style of yeah. beer. There's, there's not, I mean, you'll know this, Sean, that, that it's not very often that you'll have something new by Verdant in, and I'm not the first person on Twitter saying, save me one of those. Yeah. Um, because, I, you know, I've, I've, over the last, certainly 12 months, really, really, really sort of loved the, the, the stuff that's that's coming out that's kind of, you know, 7, 8, 9%, but doesn't taste it. Yeah. And just has so much character going on and so much taste going on it. I think there's a, a, a return to Verdant because there, there, are, there are things happening there just in, in fact today that are, uh, are very relevant to Verdant. Perhaps though a nod to Cloudwater in particular, or I think perhaps could be, in the UK certainly, um, can be identified as, as um, the main brewery that has driven the modern sort of dipper rage and their original V-series that they did, V1, V2, V3 and so on. What did they get to about? 13, I think, wasn't it? Uh, so everyone sort of tends to look back, who's into double IPAs and has a, uh, a, a favourite V-series and that was incredibly successful for Cloudwater. They moved away from that, of course, and now have more standalone dippers reflecting the hops and the character of the actual beer. Um, but I think a, a definite nod required. Um, the United States, of course, is uh, again perhaps where uh, where everything uh, began in, in terms of double IPAs, but Cloudwater have led the way in the UK, certainly. Um, in returning back to Verdant, um, 
we both just uh, 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 shared a, a, a can between two of us and a can between two, so two cans between four. Both cans were very highly carbonated. Mm. Um, and it's, it's not... Why is it? I don't really get. It's, it's not. Really it's not a proper head, is it? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's like kind a of like a fairy liquid. Fairy, sort yeah. of. It's exactly like a fairy liquid. It has verdant of um, recalled uh, uh, two of their um, um, well, one IPA, one double IPA, uh, just today. Uh, particular batches, Howl and uh, Neil. Uh, so Howl Dipper and Neil gets things done. Uh, uh, IPA have been recalled today, particular batches. Um, there were also some exploding cans of, um, if I had my little way, the peach sour that they did about six weeks ago. And so uh, from going from an untouched, um, um, almost leader uh, in this particular field recently, uh, there's just a little bit of um, a concern now, perhaps, but mm. they're clearly concerned in terms of recalls, which they've done today, and our pour of those two cans there. Yeah, um, not 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 re quite re not quite right. No. Which is a shame because um, I've I've certainly found Verdant to be one of the most consistent breweries over the last certainly six months. Yeah, that pretty much everything that they've done has been their Verdant, absolutely their Verdant it. pulp um, a dipper is a. A, 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 an experience to behold when you pour that from the can. There's no carbonation, it's thick, it's almost got an oily texture to yeah. it. You get a superb head on the beer, but it's a silent pour. There's no hiss, there's no faffing about, it's just a beautiful thing to experience. That was totally the opposite. Mm. That I, was, I have to say though, for all we've, for all we've said about it not pouring well and it does look odd. Mm. It's absolutely delicious. It tastes spot on. Very tasty. Yeah. I think um, who are the content? Excuse me. Who are the contenders in this kind of style? You, obviously, you've got your probably Wylam sitting there. C correct. Have we, have, we, have we actually said what this beer is called? Uh, maybe one so more psi. Yeah. Perhaps we haven't. Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's not got enough psi because it's a bit flat. Um, um, Eight percent. You've been working on that for a while, haven't you, Adam? Maybe sat, sat there for a while. Yeah, right, it's going. That's what it's called. Yeah, I, sure. think, I think it's really good. PSI refers to what, like the tire pressure, isn't it? It's mosaic, <laughs> mosaic single hopped as well, and I think you can. It's very you nice. Can smell that as soon. I think if, if you were so to see tropical that, and. I've never seen a head like that. It's no, like I've bubbly. No. It's it's light and bubbly, like almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's definitely. I. I. This is. This is kind of like the second variation on this, and I had this a few months ago, the first mm. time it came out, and it wasn't, I had no issue with the head at all no. that time. Um, it was fairly, a, you know, a, a standard sort of verdant. Um, it poured well, the head was good, everything about it was spot on. So but are, are, they, are they an example of a brewery that have grown so fast that maybe they can't keep up with how popular they are. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how much they have grown in terms of how many people they've got working from. I think they're still at the best in Falmouth, of yeah, course, in Cornwall. I think they're still a tiny operation. Do a remarkable job to get their beers out across the UK yeah. in terms of um, getting them distributed, but uh, they're, they're, they're still a small operation in that sense. And so... I think probably could be completely barking up the wrong tree here but obviously with us having 
unusually prolonged spell of hot weather. Mm. I have been very conscious of having my any cans of beer that I've got yeah. in the cupboard rather than in the fridge. Yeah. Um, because I have noticed when I've, you know, I've, I know I'm not looking after them and been trying to keep them cool wherever possible. But I do wonder if um, that's kind of extended to, you know, for a brewery like Verdant that's obviously very committed to canning and that's their main output, if they've got their processes totally dialed in to slightly different climate yeah. than what we've had that can that may have had. The reason this for each one in those two cases yeah. yeah. was that's a oh, South Coast yeah. was was, yeah. was continued yeah. fermentation inside the can yeah. uh, on the two that we've withdrawn today. Right. And uh, I believe on the um, the uh, fruit sour again there's second secondary fermentation in the can which has made those pop uh, mm. previously. See that I mean that came out a while ago, didn't it? The peach because I, I had about I had six that weeks probably, ago. Probably yeah. Yeah, about six weeks ago. About a while ago. Yeah. And the one I had was, was fine, and no these, issues uh, with it. Yeah, we, that was we had four, before yeah. the weather went the way we, that we it had went. four though with customers at home uh, uh, and they exploded at home right, some right. of those were in fridges as well. So. I mean you have to be confident when you're packaging a beer into can that it's near as down the finish fermenting. Yeah. And I think if you're not, you shouldn't be packaging it. Yeah. To be honest. But I don't. I can't really imagine that's like I said. Verdant have got everything so superbly so, done. So yeah, that yeah. it does. It does seem seem odd. So yeah, it's just a theory. Like I said, I'm not. It's, it's, little, it's an interesting point, though. It's, it's really interesting. Like point. Kind of a, like on the Dipper and the modern Dipper, and talking about Verdant, and I would say that if you've not heard of Verdant, but you maybe heard of Cloudwater, then you're kind of in the same ballpark. If you've heard of Cloudwater, you've not heard of like Wylam. You you kind of going to expect the same kind of day as well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Dea, absolutely, um, similar kind of but ballpark. But um, I mean, we were going back six months ago, and I was shouting about maybe not being convinced about the style. I was being convinced by certain ones, and Verdant are not a one that I've not always been pulled towards. And I know it's almost probably the not, it's probably the opinion of yeah against the opinion, the general opinion. What's people's thoughts on doing what Verdant do, which is very kind of bespoke beers, generally that sort of strength, and what Cloudwater moved to, and essentially doing a series of a small, a pale, an IPA, and a dipper within the same range, which I've found very, very, I found that very, very good personally. Because mm. I would never kind of gravitate towards the heavy ones, but if I go somewhere in the middle, I'd be very interested to kind to of progress sideways, right. yeah. And whether that's going down strength, because thinking that's a beautiful uh, like hop, because essentially they just move, they're just kind of changing the hops a little bit, aren't they? Yeah. Thinking, oh, I want to see what that's like at a two percent. I want to see that's like a, from a five and a half to a six and a half. And I always find that Vern kind of consistently going very heavy, and it just personally doesn't attract. Yeah, I love. I mean, they've done the sour. I'd love to see them do a dark beer. I know Dare have done dark beers uh, uh, as well. So. I think uh, breweries that have an all-round ability, and I think uh, we're talking about dippers. The new dippers are the 2.9 and 2.8% pails. That these have these have done themselves as well. Um, what was the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trucky, Trucky, absolutely yeah. outstanding Trucky. I thought yeah, these, yeah. Uh, the Cloudwater Smalls have all been outstanding so far. I've not had any yeah. exceptions on those. So I think they're almost the next trick. There seems to be a steer towards lower ABV stuff being the, the new star of the show. Thornbridge bringing out the uh, 
uh, the Big Easy that I've just had a, a, an hour or two ago, uh, there seems to be a shift now perhaps towards showing ability at that level as well. It seems like it's but a skill is, to hold into I, I wonder whether or not nowadays for, for people, certainly for someone like me, it's not necessarily about strength, it's just about damn good beer. I don't, I don't really care whether it's 8% yeah. or whether it's 2.8% really. If it's good, then I, I'll absolutely, I'll, I'll lap murder it. it. Um, and Cloudwater's an example of a brewery who can do uh, a 2.7% beer and a 9.7% beer mm. extremely well. And I can enjoy them both just as, just as much. Mm-hmm. So you find that the highest strength thing sometimes a bit more cloying and a bit more kind of yeah and to have something that's like the two percent and even like I, I really love the the the, the um, cloudwater pale series so like the, is that five five and a half percent maybe yeah five and, and a half it's still kind of I think that's affordable yeah it's, you, you feel like you just you know if you want something really like special or something maybe it's one bit yeah. you pay maybe six quid for it but if you want to come under the five pound mark you still get something really really tasty but. Three pound fifty, kind of rough price for a for a the small. Yeah, I think it's worth every penny sometimes. Yeah. and it's yeah. not just going for Cloudwater, the micro micro machine. Oh, the magic rock that rock. was super, absolutely. Super. I wasn't convinced on my first one, but I had a couple more cans no, and I had it real. on keg and like as much more of a more and it was actually Northern Monk collaboration as well. Once it's a just you're right. It's just. Like you said, it's about good beer. And yeah. If you can get that at two and a half percent, and it's not about getting, getting no, drunk, it's, it's about like just enjoying the, something. The Shandy Panache that I yeah, picked at yeah. the beginning, that's yeah. 2.7%, and it's just, it's nice when you find a beer that's drinkable that you actually could drink all day, and you're not mm. going to end up in an absolute mess by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. We should also note, perhaps, as well, that um, the, the, the Dipper uh, Rage uh, has reached Sheffield as well, of course. So uh, Abbeydale have done a fantastic job with their deliverance. Two, two have you done now, deliverance, two Laura? Deliverances on the I love the Nelson Sauvignon even that's more. It, yeah, that's slightly upped it to a nine. Isn't I it? thought that oh. was fantastic, and I also enjoyed a, a half um, in the sunshine outside their brewery. I would admit so the context was nice, but uh, the Sentinel Double IPA, yeah, or uh, fresh on there again, I thought was absolutely fantastic. So. Uh, Sheffield is in there and, and punching hard in terms of this style of beer, definite. In terms of like, I, we don't really touch, touch on news things, but it's interesting to see that the Central, quite a lot of the core range Sentinels move into a, like an actual certified gluten free. Yeah, it is. Which yeah, good. personally, I've known that they do do it to a gluten free standard. Yeah, and you could, just not if you wanted to risk it, it you could have that dipper. Yeah. But um, it's nice that they moved, they've moved a couple of beers to. Um, Pivo and ZDEF have been certified. And yeah. I think some other ones are moving uh-huh. towards that. So. Very good. Yeah, it doesn't change what the beer tastes like, and it's, a good, it's good that someone's yeah, doing that as well. So. I just feel like it's really nice that the beer industry just gets ever more inclusive hmm. in terms of. The beers that it's making, the people it's employing, mm-hmm. the message that it's putting out, um, and it's really nice to see that expanding into more awareness of things like gluten-free and vegan I mean, beers. vegan beers vegan, have been increasing for yep. at least a few years, but you know it's becoming the norm now. I would say yeah, a vegan, absolutely. a vegan-friendly beer, and I don't think gluten-free will go the same way because it's a lot more difficult to achieve from a 
production perspective, yeah. but it, it is good that if you do have a gluten intolerance, you're getting a much, much better choice. It's not sort of like the only beer on the bar and you've got to have it even if it's a bit naff. You can now actually have a choice, and I think that's uh, brilliant. We get, we, get, we get a lot of customers coming into the shop, um, particularly um, after vegan beers, who are, who are buying for someone else. Could be gifts and... Our Tracy's vegan, or our Stuart's vegan, and so on, and and come in expecting there to be no vegan beers, and come in saying, I don't suppose you've got any vegan beers, and that 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 this 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 that 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 this this, and and, and all of a sudden they're overwhelmed and can't yeah. quite believe it, and it's the same on the GF stuff. Uh, I think we've got 18 gluten-free beers in this morning. We've had as many as 22, um, and people come in thinking there will be no gluten-free beers or there might be one or two and are astounded and these obviously are freely available in lots of pubs and bars and other bottle shops but are astounded by the number of options now available to something yeah. that they think is going to be quite a narrow choice. Good point. They've done a brilliant the, job. The, the, um, the, the, the Beer O'Clock Show did a great gluten-free episode where you just sort of realised that a, a few years ago a gluten-free beer would have you'd have compromised on taste. Now, you just don't. You know, Phantasma is a great example of a widely available beer that you would, I would, I would defy anyone to, to, to have that beer and, and realise that there's anything yeah, that's different from anything else. Absolutely no idea. Yeah, yeah. So. Just going back a couple of days, um, Sean, myself, and friend Matt Winning, who was um, gluten-free, just a bit, just a gluten-free pint on It's worth on following Twitter. on Twitter, that, yeah, yeah and on Facebook, um, gluten-free pint. He's only a couple of years into it, but he, he, he's very much on top of it. Sent me a kind of clipping from, um, uh, well, it's The Grocer magazine. It's from The Grocer magazine, saying demand for gluten-free beer, so sales more than double to 10 million pound plus in the past year. I think has spent an extra Jeez. 5.9 million pound on beers, a rise of 12.2%, uh, it's a trade magazine, The Grocer. That's so, an absolutely huge it's, market, um, isn't it? Yeah. That's a huge We joked that it was just Matt's fault. Right. So we see yeah, this, big, yeah. um, this big spike in Sheffield that's um, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're constantly giving out uh, his Twitter feed and Facebook uh, 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 page address in our shop, and, and uh, people are very excited and it's a, the bonus is he lives in Sheffield, oh, or yeah, yeah. works in Sheffield. So people are very excited that when I sh I, we get the feed up on it's the on tablet in the shop, yeah. well, that's them. They've got Phantasma on it, yeah. uh, the bath, and they've got this on it, Dev Cat, and mm. the, they're amazed that that source of information is available yeah. to them. They've done a brilliant job yeah, with it. Yeah. Right, I, I reckon it's pretty much time for us to, um, to make our decisions as to what is the beer of the night. Oh. That's a very it's my most difficult one yet, I think. It is my most difficult one. On, on the basis of the fact that there were two people shaking their heads there and one um, that wasn't, I'm yeah. going to go to Laura first because you weren't <laughs> sha you weren't shaking your head yeah, uh, in absolute confusement. I'm going to go for the bit. Confusement maybe a word, more, I don't think it is. One more PSI, I think it's absolutely delicious. And uh, I'll admit to kind of the, the heavier, hazy IPAs and double IPAs are generally not what I'd go for. I do find them a little bit much sometimes, but I think this one is just so juicy and fruity and delicious uh, that I've very much enjoyed it. Okay. Um, Can you keep talking for I, a bit? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go next and say I absolutely agree with everything that Laura just said. <laughs> and therefore, I am going to go for... 
Jaipur because hey. it's the first the first proper beer that I ever had. And it didn't I don't think it would really matter what other things that we had this evening. I will there will always be a, a bit of my heart that is dedicated to Jaipur. And and nothing nothing will ever shift that. The Verdant beer is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. But Jaipur is, you know, it's my first love. It really is. Oh, right, come on, boys. One of you oh, is going to have to go next. I can, I can do it if you're going to be. Oh, no, I, I, I think I know what I'm going to say. Can I say, though, that out of those four there, I haven't really loved any one of them. Oh. I haven't really loved any one of them. Yeah, he's, he's very harsh. Whereas, well, he's I, very I, harsh. I haven't. I haven't. And that's perhaps because I'm not drinking as much as you lot and getting stuck in and I'm being too disciplined. But I haven't loved any one of them. You've got your and two I, and a half kilos of pork pie to get through as well. Shall, tell, <laughs> shall, shall I tell you what? Shall I tell you what? My beer of the night uh, is Big Easy, uh, uh, which is very unfair. <laughs> you can't go for It's yeah, very it's unfair. Cheap, cheap, I cheap, enjoy cheap. it. But it's perhaps because of uh, the context. For everyone that's, that's listening, of course, I, I'm, I don't live in Sheffield and I am driving tonight. So I've been only on tasters. The Big Easy was the beer tonight that I could get stuck into. Uh, and poured the full bottle out and shifted it rather quickly. Uh, but that would be unfair uh, uh, to go down that route. So, uh, amazingly, I'm going to go with a beer that I didn't particularly enjoy as a younger beer drinker, uh, which is Jaipur. Uh, I did much prefer Kipling at the time uh, as a toss-up between the two and found Jaipur to be too floral and t I used to say too sherbet -y. I used to get a lot of sherbet sort of dip off uh, uh, Jaipur, which I now realise I perhaps should have uh, got and enjoyed, but I didn't particularly enjoy it at the time. But out of those four tonight, if I got to drink another one immediately now, it would be Jaipur. Oh, you left me with it, haven't you? Is it too, I, could, I, could, I could level it, couldn't I? You could make it a draw. I'm not going to, actually. Um, <clears throat> I really, really, I was really surprised by the G's one, and I thought it was really, really, really good. And I would definitely drink it again, and be happy to drink more of it. But then to move to Jaipur, which I kind of feel like it's probably been influenced by a little bit. We said it's traditional. Maybe it's to do with like where its background and the, the brewery background, and it's big, old school, big, five hundred ml bottles. But you, you just really can't beat Jaipur on its day. You can't beat it, and. Um, I think people know my thoughts about a high bit, a high dipper, and, and the Omnipolar, I think, just a little bit confused. And to drink a slightly lower percentage Jaipur after the after the Jews one, I'm like, yes, that's what that's supposed to taste like. Or that's I think that's kind of where it is. And I think it's just understanding what a bloody good classic, a modern classic. IPA should taste like. Does anyone know what Adam's picking? Jaipur it is. While you were talking there, Adam, yeah, so you, you thought you, I was going to sway back to this, didn't I you? I did, I did, actually. But actually, out of those four, I think Jaipur tastes exactly as it should. Yeah. I think that uh, from Jeeves. Jeeves tastes exactly as it should. I'm not sure that the, the Omnipolo vanilla flipping burger fries. I mean, I don't know if there's taste. an industry standard for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know, but in terms <laughs> of in my mentality. It does sound like you're swearing every time. I'm not, you I'm say not quite uh, flipping hell. 
I'm not <laughs> quite sure whether that really does uh, uh, have a, an identity, proper identity. And I, I don't think there may be one more PSI there, uh, particularly on, on the poor, not quite in, in exactly the, the, the outstanding condition that, that uh, it perhaps might have been. Uh, and it's, it's, it's um, only come into the shop, certainly that, in the last week mm. or so, uh, but not quite. If it was pulp, I think I would be pulp all the Pulp's a great deal. It just comes back to the fact that Jaipur is, there's no bells, there's no whistles. It's not a hype beer. It doesn't try to be anything particularly clever. It's just a damn good beer. Mm. I think, basically, I think what it comes to, like, talking about what is an IPA, and we're saying that it comes from, it seems to now it could be anything. It could, we didn't even talk about what you said, it's like how America took it, which yeah. you know, go down there and come, and it's almost come back. But end of the day, is if you come back to something and you drink it, you know. When you drink it, you know what yeah, it, is. it is, and I think Jaipur sums that up. Yeah, I think it's the, basically you drink that and you go, "That they, they is it. That yeah. is what it is." Yeah. Yeah. I think I would say, in terms of a drink for National IPA Day, that's very appropriate. Um, Jaipur was one. Yeah, very worthy. There we go. Right. Okay. Before we go, can you remember what your homework is? To um, decide what the it's, plastic is. This is an excellent out. homework, actually, James. Uh, I think you need to give one, one a month uh, of this. Level, okay, yeah, I'm happy to do of this. this level. I can become. I can become. I can become, t- I can become Mr. Marriott if I need to. Something I can become could teacher. We, could, yeah. we, could we say if anybody f- finds a allegiance to any of us personally? You know where we are on Twitter. I would say yeah. Tweet tweeters. Um, James yeah. Marriott. Yeah. Whoever your think. favourite member of the Hopcast <laughs> is, tweet them directly <laughs> so that they get your best suggestion as to what is going to become the industry standard name for plastic cup, a plastic, plas- cup. A plastic glass. I think Laura will come up with the most inventive name. She's already got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just. <laughs> can cup. I just clarify before I set off on my homework? Are we talking about? A flimsy plastic cup that you yeah, get like, at a festival. Like, no. Or are we talking about something that looks like a proper glass but it's actually made out of plastic? See, I, I think unfo- I, unfortunately I think we're it? talking about both. So any kind of you get you get good glass, glasses, you, call you get glass. bad glasses. You get really thick pint glasses, you get quite flimsy, curvy yeah. ones, you get all manner of different ones. This is anything that is a vessel for the consumption of beer and it's made out of plastic. Okay. The one I used from Jersey right at the, at the start there had got a, a, a frosted look to it and he's very firm in terms of holding no flimsiness or, or anything. Uh, and, but I, and I would naturally call it a glass. But I realise now, James, that... Uh, it is a... Vessel. Whatever the phrase is that can, we come up it with. It can never be a glass. Can it can never be a glass. It can never be a glass. Anyway, right, okay, well... You know, one month from now, we will decide somehow. I don't know how. I mean, it might end up with like you know, Twitter poll. It, well, I was I was thinking more in terms of like a, a bit of blood somewhere <laughs> on the floor, maybe an ambulance or two. Somehow or other, we will decide what the phrase is going to be. Probably that becomes the industry standard. <laughs> Where are we next? Do we do we announce that uh, up front? Where we are at Shakespeare's, I believe. Yeah, next month. I might even get the train for that one. Yes, good luck. I think you should. I think you should. (laughs) Choo choo. It took us a while, (laughs) and I thought probably after um, 
as initial one being at Bar Street across the road, it felt like we just avoided it. Just we had to leave it for a little while. Ge- geographically yeah. avoided yeah. it for some yeah. weird reason. But um, we are looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, one from now will be at Shakespeare's, and we will make that decision on what the industry yeah. standard will be for a plastic glass. And hopefully, see you all at Peekander and Funk Fest. Hell yeah. <laughs>